0: We're gonna go straight into the teaching, and it's about what we're doing this week, uh, which is Justice Week. You guys, this week is our special week of doing what Jesus did very concretely. We organize opportunities for you to get after the vulnerable and the poor in Jesus' name and serve them and love them and pour out the Father's love upon them. And so I, I wanna talk about that today. Um, so Justice Week begins today, we're partnering with five incredible organizations in our city who are doing the work of Jesus, loving some of the most vulnerable people in our city through foster care, sex trafficking survivors, the San Diego Rescue Mission, and more. And a lot of you have signed up for slots, which by the way, four of the five organizations are full. You guys have maxed out capacity in four of the five. So the one that's open to you, if you there's still a lot of you that haven't signed up. So the one that's open and unlimited is Olive Crest. So that is orphan care in our county. We can still receive an unlimited number of first-night bags for children who get placed into care. So think about it. When these kids come into care, they come with very little belongings and often nothing. So you can sign up to make a first-night bag full of nice stuff for a child entering foster care. So if you haven't signed up for anything, uh, then, and that's a lot of us still, then please do sign up to put together one of these first night bags for a child in need in our county this week. And uh, yeah, so also, as of today, uh, our church is launching an adoption and orphan care cohort. It's open to everyone. It's a ministry of our church. So our hope is that this cohort becomes a touchpoint of support and encouragement for anyone in our church whose lives intersect with adoption or foster care, maybe in your story, maybe in your family's story, maybe in your dreams. Uh, you're dreaming of how God might move you into that place. We have a cohort for you, a community touch point for encouragement, and it's led by Ryan and Jen Dick. It's gonna start this month, and you can go back to the Connect desk and meet them and ask about that today. Um, you can find out more. So. I just want to say a huge well done to everyone for showing up for the vulnerable this week. I cannot wait to hear the stories of what God does. So the question now to to become kind of sermon pastor, why are we doing this? Like why are we doing stuff so aggressively at the beginning of the year? And so I'm I'm going to set it up this way. Here's where the sermon begins. So as we say every week here, and we've already said it today, A central part of our mission and vision is the why, the how, and the what. Why do we exist to see God's kingdom come in San Diego as it is in heaven? How do we do this? We practice the way of Jesus together in our city. And the what, concretely, is we seek to be with Jesus, become like him, and do the Jesus stuff. So we're doing the Jesus stuff this week. We're measuring it. We have registrations for the Jesus stuff this week. Uh, And so, just a little story. Some people approached Sandy, my wife, in like November last year. And they're like, hey, we loved House of Learning. How many of you went to a House of Learning in 2023? Uh, and, And this person's like, how what's House of Learning gonna look like for next year? For those of you who don't know, House of Learning was a monthly seminar on various hot topics that are, that are hot only because they touch our lives and we have questions about them, like um, race and sexuality, disability, mental health, orphan care, and, and all of it. And, and what does the gospel say to these things? And so we had these great seminars about all these things, it was awesome. And some people came to Sandy like, what, what's, what's the schedule of House of Learning for 2024? And Sandy's like, it's not. And uh, and people were like, "What do you mean? What's going to happen with House of Learning?" She's like, well, "Nothing's happening." Um, 2023 was a year of conversation, which is great, but 2024 is a year of action, and and, and we could sit and talk for a long time and feel very happy about that, <laughs> but 2024 is a year of doing the things Jesus did by the power of the Spirit. Obviously, we're still going to have teachings and we're going to have one-off seminars, but now it's like, like, what can we do? How can we step forward? which is also why we're spending the whole year in the book of Acts. So starting on the 21st of this month, January 21st, we are a year in Acts, uh, which literally we're acting. (laughs) We're following in the footsteps of Jesus, who breathed his spirit out on his apostles. and And the book is titled traditionally, The Acts or the Actions of the Apostles. But so many theologians and Bible scholars through the centuries have said, it's really not the actions of the apostles. It's the action of the Holy Spirit. It's the action of Jesus in the world. And we, as his body, animated by his spirit, do the Jesus stuff. So we're going to lockstep with the book of Acts all year long, and it's going to guide us as a church. So so that third piece, do what Jesus did, it's the reason behind this week and our year, (laughs) Because here's what we're really up against. I'm about to get to the scriptures. This is a big setup for a big year. So so bear with me. Here's the reality we're up against. At the start of a new year, what do we do? What are we tempted to do at the start of a new year? So many things. But it's so common to set goals, to turn inward, and to think about like my personal individual dreams and plans, right? Nothing against that. I hope you do that. But in our hyper-individualistic culture, we believe it's vital for the family of Jesus to fight the inward impulse to prioritize ourselves over other people. And instead, we intentionally turn outward toward the vulnerable, and we do this together as a family. We could think of ourselves doing this as individuals, like, what am I personally doing? But let's first think of ourselves as, a what are, what's my community doing and me in an integral part of it? So we're front-loading our year with these opportunities to do what Jesus did. And the hope is, you guys, after this week, you are a little bit more hungry, or maybe a lot more hungry, like ravenous for your community to start getting a vision for this stuff and stepping forward, leaning into what Jesus is doing. So that's the why behind this week. We long to do what Jesus did in all of our life. Not just in theory, like talk about it at House of Learning, but actually normalize tangibly serving the vulnerable in our lives. Uh, So my goal in this teaching today is really just to give you a simple biblical framework for this. So that's the long intro, and here it is. Here's what I want to hope. I hope you see this today, that the Creator God who spoke light into the dark... To bring about creation, that's the same God who wants to speak through your life and make you light in the world, to plunder Satan's stuff, to enter the darkness, fill it with light, and as you do it with your community, you're literally partnering with the creator to bring new creation. And and heaven on earth, Jesus called it heaven, he called it the kingdom, uh, the age to come, it's this new creation that God is bringing about through his people, filled with his light and his spirit. And it all starts in Genesis 1. So today's texts, by the way, are directly from the lectionary. Again, tens of thousands of churches are looking at these texts today. It's no coincidence that we're here. So so here's the first one. Every text I look at will be from the lectionary and in step with the unified church today. So Genesis 1, here it is. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty Can we pray? Father, speak light. Speak light. Illuminate our minds by your spirit to your heart. We want your heart. Soften our, our pride. May we be open to obeying, uh, obeying you and through obedience become like you. And then, and then your light would fill San Diego through your new creation family. Create light through your church, we pray. Push back the dark in Jesus' name, and we repent of the sin in us, the way we cling to the darkness of pride in ourselves. Breathe on us, heal and forgive our sins so we might walk in purity with you, and you might accomplish all you desire through Park Hill and beyond. In Jesus' name, amen. So, so that verse, you throw it back up on the screen, that creation passage, that's often how it's most understood. It's a creation text, how God made everything, right? And that's, of course, true. But the writers of the Bible saw more, more than just the history of creation, Genesis 1 and, and, and God speaking and light piercing the darkness, this wasn't just a hist- history of creation. The Bible writers, after Genesis, the Bible writers see it as ground zero for how God's going to accomplish new creation. So God's going to speak light and pierce the darkness of our sin and death and rescue all of us rebellious humans by becoming a human himself. The image of God was made in Genesis 1 and the, Im- the perfect image of God came in John 1. To bring about new creation, the same voice that spoke light is going to bring light forever. And he's going to do it through a spirit-filled church in the world. So right now, some of you are like, wait, 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 Evan, you got all of that out of Genesis 1? <laughs> like the whole gospel out of Genesis? That seems like a stretch. Maybe, yeah, except for one thing. This is how the rest of the Bible writers read the creation story. They all saw the same creation power is going to become new creation power through the spirit-filled, grace-loving, justice-doing Church of Jesus in the world. So, so how do we know this is what the Bible writers thought? Uh, because look at the next verse of today, Psalm 29. Here's the next text. And, and there's a reason why the church puts Psalm 29 next to Genesis 1 in the lectionary. Right? There's a reason. They're like, see the connection here. So, so let, the, let the creation imagery wash over your mind. It's like this psalmist is gonna reenact creation with a twist. Watch what the psalmist does. Ascribe to the Lord, you heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord in the glory to his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Look at that. In the beginning, God. In the beginning, heaven. In the beginning, God's space. And look at verse 2, 3. Verse 3, the voice of the Lord is over the waters. Does that ring a bell? Genesis 1, verse 2, hovers over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord thunders over the mighty waters. Okay, we're feeling the creation vibes right now. This is Genesis 1, reenacted by the psalm in poetic form for the liturgy of the saints. Verse 4, the voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. Next slide. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. Whoa, is that creation? Or is that like some kind of renovation project. You hear the cracking of timbers and two by fours splitting apart in the framing of a house that's condemned. So you have the voice of the Lord breaking cedars. He breaks in pieces the cedars of Lebanon, but he makes Lebanon leap like a calf. Syrian like a young wild ox. So now these cities that were trees are now cities full of people that are excited about the voice of God thundering so there's different things responding to the voice of the Lord in this moment and then in verse 7 the voice of the Lord strikes with flashes of lightning the voice of the Lord shakes the desert the Lord shakes the desert of Kadesh next slide and here's the end the voice of the Lord twists the oaks and strips the forests bare picture a picture of forest fire or walking driving by a hillside that's been just devastated by a wildfire. This is the voice of the Lord's effects on this specific forest. It's creating and it's renovating and cities are responding and two cities in the the psalm are rejoicing. This is an effective voice. And finally, the Lord sits enthroned. Oh, can't forget. And in his temple all cry glory. All this is happening from God's voice and everyone in God's house is like glory. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord's enthroned as king forever. The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. See that full circle there. The psalm comes to this epic resolution. Do you see all that, you guys? Do you see the creation imagery? There's, There's chaotic waters, just like Genesis, and floods and there's God's voice changing nature. And there's animal imagery, but then the animals become cities full of humans that are leaping like calves. That's the metaphor. There's like cattle leaping that are humans actually responding to God's glorious voice as God's voice saves these cities. They're being saved. They're responding to God's voice righteously and receiving salvation. They're not being broken like the cedars. And God's voice is this beautiful, terrifying, holy fire. The same light that pierced the darkness and brings new creation is also the fire that consumes everything that stands against God. So this is what Psalm 29 is seeing in Genesis. So the psalmist looks back on Genesis and pulls it forward into this future story. That God's voice is both saving everyone who responds rightly and judging all the parts of creation that resist his voice. There's all this happening at once. And then, and then it ends with the big reveal. See the ending, remember? Everyone who's in the house, his family, says glory. All, all in his temple, everyone cries glory. The temple is his house. That's the house of a deity. And everyone who lives there is like, all God says is Right. Everything God does is good. If I know anything, if I only know one thing, it's that. My life might be awful, but everything God does is good. There might be forests burnt laid bare around me. Everything God does is good. I'm not going to hide my tears about my broken house framing and the cedars that seem to be splintering right in front of me and I have nothing but everything God's voice does is good and I'm not going to hide my tears God's not afraid of my tears in fact in light of his goodness my tears look awful and sad and God weeps with me and God welcomes the authenticity of the lament because everything God does is good everything and everyone who's in God's house says glory Because God reigns over both the flood, chaos, and new creation. God reigns over it all. You guys, this is a creation story like you've never seen it before. Am I right? You thought, and maybe you thought Genesis was just history. <laughs> it is history. God did create the earth. But the Genesis creation stories are pointing toward way more than just history. According to the psalmist, creation is moving toward new creation that God is bringing through his spirit-filled people who trust the work of Jesus Christ, who know God's voice, who receive God's voice as their authority, and who respond to God's voice with obedience and live out his voice, his word, in their daily lives, who read bread together in the morning and then live it out together in community. God's voice is spoken through your life. How do we ultimately know that? How can we trust that? How can we say glory no matter what? Because the same voice that spoke and pierced the darkness with light, that same voice became flesh. The Word, in Eugene Peterson's favorite, famous line, the Word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. This is how we know. This is how we say glory. Jesus is the voice of new creation. And everyone who hears him well and obeys his voice with their whole life gets to participate in new creation. How do we do that? How do we participate in new creation? What does that look like? Signing up for Justice Week. That's just one organized way. Another way is doing justice in your own life, following the word of God in your relationship with your coworkers, loving mercy, giving forgiveness like you've been forgiven greatly, walking humbly, bearing the fruit of the spirit. So as we live out the way of Jesus rightly in San Diego, two things become clear. Number one, Jesus, the voice of God that pierces the darkness, he gives you forgiveness and belonging and healing that every human heart longs for. And everyone who rejoices in Jesus uh, gets to be part of new creation, the new creation Jesus brings forever. And listen, the flip side is true too. It's just as clear. Whoever resists the authority of Jesus over their life will experience destruction, a burning waste, a wildfire, a picture of forest laid bare. It's a darkness of your own choosing forever. unrepentant opposition to the voice of Jesus will be eternal destruction. It all comes down to this question. How are you responding to God's voice today? That's it. That's what it all comes down to. How are you responding? The voice that spoke the universe into being, same voice that became flesh, the voice in person, died for our sins, rose from the dead, and now longs to speak to you and through you to your world by the Holy Spirit. This is why we worship here. This is why we come. This is why we respond in obedience to the voice. This is why we do justice and mercy because we're just humbly responding to Jesus' voice as he leads the way. And to make this unmistakably clear, even Jesus had to hear God's voice. Even the voice had to respond to the voice. Even Jesus had to obey the Father and be led by the Spirit. And this leads us to our third and final text for today. The Gospel of Mark, chapter 1. When the voice of God in person, Jesus Christ, first stepped onto the scene and began his ministry, he hears the voice. You know the story, maybe. He allows the voice to shape him identity and purpose. And I I think this is the key for for all of us, for sure. But I think... Today, this is a moment I think God has, the voice of God has a specific word for some of you, if not the majority of you, that will actually uh, cause a shift, a needed shift in your mentality, and in your self-perception, and in your God perception. Jesus allows the voice to shape his self-perception, and his mission, his identity and purpose, Okay, it's the story of Jesus' baptism. Today in the Christian calendar is baptism of Jesus Sunday, by the way. Uh, so so uh, it's perfect. And so John the Baptist, here it is. So John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him, confessing their sins. Hmm. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. After me comes the one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I'm not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. The famous John the Baptist, right? Just a wild man from the wilderness preparing the way of Jesus to come. He's like, I'm only loud so that you don't see me anymore. And so you see Jesus. So, by the way, question. Does anyone know what title the ancient prophets give John the Baptist? What's what's ahead of time, like hundreds of years before, what does Isaiah call John? Of Voice of one calling in the wilderness, saying, Prepare the way of the Lord. Check out the verses in Mark 1. The beginning, here's right before it, it, says, The beginning of the good news about Jesus, Messiah, Son of God, as it's written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of, ahead of you who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, doing what? Look at that voice prepare the way of the Lord make straighten, sh- straighten out the path for him don't get that doesn't mean clean yourself up it means clear the path of visibility so that you can see and receive who this man who this voice is anything you're intentionally clinging to that's hindering your ability to hear the voice get rid of it and make the path straight he's coming he's not saying you reach him he's saying he's coming to you So unplug your ears. So, wow, you know what's happening? Human, normal human, obviously not very normal. Jesus said he's the greatest prophet to have arisen until his life, but he's still not divine. He is just as human as you and I. John, John the Baptist becomes a voice from God. John the Baptist becomes a voice. This is amazing what's going on here, just like you. So God's voice somehow flows through John, and John, regular guy, becomes a voice for God as he orients his whole life toward Jesus, points to Jesus, identifies Jesus as the voice worth following. John, In that moment, John the human somehow becomes a voice from God. It's amazing what happens, and it's very encouraging to all of us at the beginning of a new year, And by the way, what's John's voice actually saying? That passage next, can you go back to the last slide, Uh, the last text? So, verse four, John the Baptist appeared. What's he preaching? He's preaching repent of sin for forgiveness. That's ultimately his message repent of sin to receive forgiveness. So what does that mean? Slide 11. The voice that truly points to Jesus is is a voice that says, today, repent of your sins. Receive forgiveness. You know you long for it. Be baptized into the community of God's forgiven children. Not today, but February 4th. (laughs) Be baptized into the community of God's forgiven children. And listen, do it now, because Jesus comes next. That's John's message. Repent of sin, receive forgiveness, be baptized, and do it now, because Jesus comes next. So in the spirit of John the Baptist, I, right now, I, uh, I'm, part of my job is to hold a microphone every Sunday, or many Sundays in the year, and speak, and it's terrifying. Uh, and it's very sobering, and I toggle between, like, pinch me, this is amazing, and I'm quitting today. Like how intense it is. It's an insane responsibility. So as in the spirit of John the Baptist, I, uh, one of your pastors at this church, have to ask you, I have to ask you, do you hear God's voice? And will you respond in obedience? Let go of your sinful patterns, name them. That's what confession is. Name your sins in the community. Open your heart to the God who's bringing new creation and repent. Confession is different than repentance. Confession, you name your sin. Repent literally means rethink your thinking in light of the reality Jesus is bringing and change. Adjust accordingly. If the new, king, if the new creation is coming and nothing will stand that is opposed. Well, then what do you got to adjust? That's repentance. You adjusting. Whatever corner of your life that is not aligned with the kingdom of God because maybe you've been justifying it or playing tiddlywinks with the scriptures, and I don't know if that means what that means, and you're, but you're not really honestly searching for what God means. Repent rethink your life in light of the new creation that's coming what better time to step into the kingdom of god the beginning of a year sign up for baptism get on track for february 4th and declare in front of this community that you will follow jesus will you hear his voice today and join his spiritual family cuz here's the most amazing part of mark 1 This is what the Mark story of Jesus' baptism builds up to. You ready for this? Even Jesus had to hear God and choose to trust what God then said. Check it out, verse 9. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove and... A voice came from heaven. You are my son, whom I love, with you I'm well pleased. You see what the Father spoke over Jesus? You're my son, who I love, with you I'm well pleased. So Jesus hears the voice, declare his identity as he comes up. It's really these three things. For us, you're my child, you're loved, and I really like you. Delight. just sheer pleasure. I delight in in your being. That's what Jesus hears as he comes up out of the water. You guys, that's not some cheesy vanilla bumper sticker statement. A magnet you want to put on your fridge from the 90s. That's not what it, this is God the Father, the first person of the Trinity, publicly declaring over God the Son with the Holy Spirit descending, you are my child, you are loved, and I enjoy you. You delight my heart. And Jesus, from that awareness, he goes with power to do all the Jesus stuff by the Holy Spirit's power. The justice, the mercy, healing, preaching, sacrifice, the power to forgive the cross, crucifixion, resurrection, and then sending out the church, it comes from that, that. Choice to believe, that. Remember, just after the resurrection, Jesus says, hey, and here it is, you guys, this is for you, this is the Park Hill part. Jesus says to his disciples, after he's risen, he says, now, just as the Father sent me, I'm sending you. You know what that means? The moment you're baptized into Christ in the community of Jesus, at that moment you receive the same affirmation from the Father that Jesus got. The same identity becomes your identity. If you respond to the voice of God and trust him, you repent of your sins and that he will raise you from the dead on the last day, and you're baptized into the family, then God the Father shouts over you, you are my child, you are loved, and I really like you. I don't know how you responded to that third part. The first part is theology, you're my child, adoption theology, you know? And you're loved, yeah, God loves the world, he gave his only son, God loves me. Can you, can you, with joy, take a deep breath and say, God likes me? How hard is that? Why is that hard? If we're in Christ, and you trust Christ for his crucifixion, resurrection, forgiveness of sins, Holy Spirit filling, you are now God's child, why is it hard to believe the Father? That's the work I'm inviting you to do today, is to ask that question and confess the reasons. Are you willing to hear the voice? Are you willing to hear the voice? You guys, the voice that says that to you is the same voice that cleared the darkness with let there be light, split the cedars, chased away the floods, rips through forests like wildfire, speaks, makes cities leap like calves, it says. The same voice that became flesh and blood in Mary's womb spoke over Jesus' delight. Same voice speaks over you. My child, beloved, I enjoy you. What would it look like to receive that reality today? and then walk in it, to walk in the delightedness that you have in God. It can be hard to receive that. We fight narratives that we picked up from family of origin or whatever, cultural trends or demons, like demonic half-truths that tell you this is what you have to do to be enjoyable to people. So it can be so hard to receive this kind of communication. This kind of affirmation. But as you do, as we trust that what God said about Jesus in the river is also true about us and Jesus' family, guess what? In that moment, you become a voice. John the Baptist, regular human, I'm a voice. I know my calling. I know what God thinks about me. I know how God delights me. I know how he forgives me of sin. I'm a voice. He said, I'm a voice preparing the way. That is not a man insecure about his identity. I am a voice. My friends, in God's family, you become a voice. Just like John the Baptist was a voice, you also become a voice, preparing the way for Jesus to be seen. Take that, social media influencers, right? You become a real voice. Like everyone's trying to be a voice right now, an influencer or an expert that people think is important, or they might say it nicer and be like, I'm stewarding my influence, but it often just means the same thing. I'm trying to be a voice. And listen, that's fine. That's well and good. But in reality, in the most real sense, the moment you respond to God's voice, wherever you come from, and step into the waters of baptism, God's voice speaks beloved identity over you that no one can take away. And in that moment, you literally become a voice in God's kingdom the kingdom that will never fade. How fast do social media cycles forget how hyped up they were about the last thing? God's, voice will, God's kingdom will never fade and you become a voice in it when you believe what God says about you? God by his spirit begins to animate your talent and your temperament and your belongings and your money and your ideas and your passions as you bring them all under his rule. And he begins to use everything that makes you, you, as a voice that prepares the way for Jesus to be seen. As long as you trust and obey that his voice is true and repent when your life is misaligned with what his voice says. Through, and you do this through tangible acts of repentance and justice and generosity and hospitality as we're just a community doing the Jesus stuff together. This is the why behind our church. It's the why behind this week just this week, and not just this week, but our whole existence. If God moves you on from Park Hill this year, we see so much transition, and we bless those who leave and respond to the voice of God for work, for school, for another church, to plant a church, or to just find something new that God's calling them. We bless wherever you go. This is why we pray together almost every Sunday those amazing final lines of our generosity prayer. It is the delight of your daughters and sons to share your traits, and to show what you are like to all the world. It's our delight, because guess what? You're delighted in. The divine delights in you. Can you preach that to yourself? Is that a muscle you're not used to working out? The divine delights in me. And now it's the delight of your son, Evan Wickham, to share your traits and to show what you're like to all the world? And it's funny, the more I preach that to myself, the more I see the gap in my belief. And I'm reminded that there's a gap. That's a good step. What do I need to repent of to close that gap? And to trust. And to trust. That the Father says, I'm his son, whom I love, whom he loves, and he really, really likes me. I don't know what would change if I thought of that more often. I think a lot. We are people who have heard the voice, and we know his name is Jesus. And as he practices his way, our city gets a chance to see the God who delights in his kids. This is new creation living. This is plundering Satan's stuff back into God's kingdom. So here's the prayer response. This is where we're going to go to worship and, and prayer. I invite anyone who's not yet a Christian to become one by believing in Jesus who heard the Father say, This is my son. Do you believe the Father? Saying this is the Son of God. This is the Son of God, the perfect image of the Father who was crucified for your sins, every single misaligned with the kingdom piece of your life. Jesus says, I'm ready to forgive. Are you repentant? Are you ready to adjust to my rule, God says. If you're not a Christian yet, if you haven't made that conscious decision, don't think you're a Christian. (laughs) If you haven't made that conscious decision in your life, that's very, very clear. And also at the same time, that invitation is open immediately now to make that conscious decision to step into the kingdom of God. Right now, a very clear moment is being presented. And, 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 and for those who have made that decision and have oriented their lives toward Jesus, who trust that Jesus is who he says he is, um, I have a, a prayer prompt for you. Um, I think there's a lot of us that need this prompt. Are you ready for it? Believe the Father. Do you need help believing the Father today? Let us, us as a family, help the individuals, you, are having trouble believing the Father. I think of the man whose son in Luke 9 was being demon-possessed, and Jesus is like, do you believe that I have what it takes? And he's like, yeah, I believe, but help my unbelief. And you hear the Father speaking over you, you're my daughter, who has all my love, and I super enjoy you. And you're like, oh, I believe, but help my unbelief. If that's you, let us help you. Let us pray for you. Romans 5 says the Holy Spirit's role is to pour out the love of the Father into the children's hearts. So let's pray for you and invite the Holy Spirit to do so. You guys, this is ground zero for doing all the Jesus stuff. It's from this place of trust. Otherwise, it's a cracked foundation of insecurity. So come, root yourself in the love of the Father through prayer. So we're gonna spend a song or two just inviting anyone who wants to come. To, to actually receive salvation, to become a Christian through a declaration of faith that you've never made before and receive Jesus into your life and your life into Him. And then the second is most of us in this room who need help believing what the Father says. So come forward and receive that. And I'm just gonna pray over you. Ho- Holy Spirit, would you come right now and help us, help us navigate this moment Help us renovate, just deconstruct and then rebuild correct images of God in our minds right now. Just tear down false gods in our hearts. The God who demands that we perform in order to be loved, that's not the true God. Help us to hear the voice of the living God today. Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you come? Soften our hearts.